Hello and welcome to How To Money, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. In each episode, your host, Kate Campbell, brings in a variety of guests to explore everything from buying shares to starting your own business, all with the aim of kickstarting your personal finance journey. Just a quick reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is for financial education purposes only, and we are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please seek the help of a qualified and competent professional and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. Hi, Joel. Thank you so much for joining me on the How To Money podcast today. Thanks for having me, Kate. Now, before we get into the the juicy content today, I was wondering if you could do a little bit of an intro to yourself and the Kill Bill system that you've developed. Absolutely. So um, it's almost a year ago exactly to the day that Kill Bills was published. It was October 1, 2019. And really, it was the pulling together everything I'd learned in about seven or eight years of helping people to save money on their household bills primarily as the campaign director at One Big Switch and um, Nine Saver, which is a couple of uh, consumer groups that I've been working with for the better part of the last decade. My background is as a journalist. I was a newspaper journalist at the Sydney Morning Herald for about 10 years. And then when I left there, I ended up uh, becoming campaign director with One Big Switch, which is a consumer group with over a million households around the country. And the basic concept there is we use combined people power to negotiate special deals with energy providers, insurance providers, and, and other providers of household bills. But in the process of doing that, I've learned an awful lot about how you go about finding the cheapest deals and negotiating with these businesses as an individual. You know, I, I use the analogy in the book, you're like little David, they're like Goliath. They're big, sophisticated, sometimes multinational businesses with loads of data and, uh, and, and manpower and experience. And it can sometimes feel like you've got absolutely no chance of getting the best deal out of them. But as long as you understand a little bit about how these businesses work from the inside, and I say there's nine insider tricks in the book that you can learn, then you can actually get some really good results and and tap your kind of inner power as a consumer and really kill those bills. And so that is how the whole idea of the system came about in Kill Bills. There are nine different insider tricks that I run through. There are nine major household bills that I run through to tell you how to use them. And, uh, you know, there's obviously some there's obviously some martial arts kind of metaphors in there, given the book's called Kill Bills as a homage to the Tarantino movie. And as you work through the book, there are also nine different belts in karate. So each time you master an insider trick or read a chapter about a particular bill, you get a new belt. And by the end of the book, you're a black belt in killing bills. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's a really good topic to discuss because there's often a lot of ways you can reduce your bills, but it might involve a bit of time on the phone or a bit of negotiation. So having a little bit of insider information and uh, learning from the experiences of people who have gone through this before you can be really helpful. Exactly right. And the book is all about giving people the best possible result with as little time and effort as possible. Now, of course, if we all spent hours and hours looking at our household bills, we could get the perfect result. But the book's not about getting the perfect result. It's just about knowing that you're always paying, that you're always on one of the cheapest energy deals, if not the cheapest, one of the cheapest mobile deals, one of the cheapest insurance deals, and just that you're not getting ripped off and not paying hundreds or thousands of dollars more than you have to on any of those major bills. And, and you know, I think it's important to spend some time on this stuff because, this year particularly, every dollar counts. 
Um, but I'm not under any illusions as to how much time people want to spend on this stuff, and I don't want to spend hours and hours of my life on it either, except for the fact that it's my job. But, um, but yeah, it's about getting the best possible result with as little pain and time as possible. And the key to that really is a couple of strategies and a couple of little bits of insider information about how these industries work, because then you can play them at their own game and really uh, you know, negotiate effectively with them without necessarily being a born negotiator. Mm, absolutely. And I think a little bit later in the episode, we'll dive into some of these strategies uh, for different everyday costs. But before we do that, I wanted to ask about something that's a little bit more topical and how the, how can Aussies avoid getting ripped off with some of their pandemic essentials? It's not as bad now, but things like hand sanitizer and masks and things like that. Absolutely. Look, knowledge is power. Um, whether it's you know inside information about energy and insurance industries, or whether it's just knowing what you should pay for a mask, that's really important. When we first particularly when Victorians first had to go out and buy masks, there was some price gouging going on, and there were examples of uh, you know, some chemists, for example, charging uh, three, four, even five dollars for one of those disposable surgical masks. Now, I did some research into this recently to see, just to give people an idea of what is a fair price range for some of these products. You shouldn't pay more than a dollar for for a disposable surgical mask. You can get packets of fifty of them for about seventeen dollars online delivered, and so that's that's the kind of bottom of the uh, price range. But really. If you're paying more than a dollar for those disposable surgical masks, then, uh, you know, I, I say like in the castle, tell him he's dreaming. And, and and the same goes for any kind of pandemic supplies really. is that I think the trick is to just be a bit organised, be prepared to wait a couple of days for something to be, to be delivered that you've found online that you know is well-priced. Don't just sort of um, rock up to your local pharmacy or service station. I've seen service stations selling masks at inflated prices and buy the first thing you see because you will pay overs for that sort of uh, product, but a little bit of time can save you a lot of money. Mm, absolutely. And I think um, I think when it, yeah everything very first started, I had to go to the newsagents to get some masks and they were just selling them in little um, Ziploc bags. They'd obviously got a big stash and I think I paid about $10 for five or so. So I've definitely found a few better deals since then. Yeah, that sounds right. And a lot of people did that. They just they needed a mask at short notice and uh, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. But obviously, Think long term as well. Um, take a bit of a long view, and if you're going to need masks for months, then then uh, order a, a packet packet of them or get a washable one uh, at one of the online retailers. I think is the cheapest places to get them. Mm, absolutely. So, uh, one of the the things you talk a lot about the book is recession proofing your finances and then saving money on everyday costs. So I thought we could dive into some of the big household costs that most of us have to deal with on a on a regular basis and I thought I'd kick it off with energy costs. Yeah, look, I think um you know, I've been talking a little bit recently about what I think are the are the simplest things that you can save money on in your household budget because it's important for people who who don't do this on a regular basis to just have a few early wins and build some confidence. And if you can save mm. a few hundred dollars on things like energy and mobile and pay TV, which is I think are the simplest switches of all, then you can build up to the bigger ones like insurance or rental mortgage or, or groceries or whatever. So energy is definitely one of, the, one of the simplest. And I think the reason it's so simple is because they're all selling the same thing, really. The only difference between energy retailers is the brand and uh, maybe the bit of the customer service, that sort of thing. But really, they're all selling the same fungible product and you really should just shop around 
based on what they're charging you for it. And it's never been easier to do that thanks to a couple of things that have happened in the last couple of years. The first thing is government energy comparison websites. You know, there's some very sophisticated websites now in most states where you can even upload your last PDF bill and it will automatically compare it to all the offers out there for you and rank them from cheapest to most expensive. So that's been a a huge development. There are also special offers at places like One Big Switch where I do some work, for example, that are not on market, if you can get those as well. But there's so many easy ways to get a cheap energy deal now. The other development there that I think is significant is that about a year ago, a little over a year ago, governments legislated for all discounts in the energy market to be measured against a common benchmark or reference price set by government. So now, whereas in the old days, the bad old days, we didn't know whether a 10% discount with one retailer was cheaper or more expensive than a 20% discount with another retailer because they all had different rates. Now they have a common benchmark to measure off. And so, you know, if you're getting 15%, less than the reference price, and that's going to be cheaper than 10% less than the reference price. So that's been, I think, a really positive development for people who want to shop around and find the cheapest deals. And the discounts are as big as they've been. They've almost doubled in the last 12 months alone. So it is a really good time now just to see what the cheapest energy energy deals are out there and make sure yours isn't um, way too expensive. I mean, we're getting winter energy bills now from the pandemic and a lot of people, I know my gas bill tripled this this winter because we were home the whole time. So it's really important to be on a super cheap deal. Yeah, especially because most people are going to be working from home for quite a few, many more months to come. So keeping an eye on that cost as well, because it matters a lot more now. It, it does. And big summer aircon bills will be the next thing, the next challenge that we have to deal with. So before you start turning the aircon on in the summer months, you want to make sure that you are on a really, really cheap deal. Mm, absolutely. And and what about mobile costs? Because that is that is an area that there's just there's so many prices out there. Getting a 10 gigabyte plan on one place just is completely different to another brand. So what are your suggestions there? Yeah, I think it, this has become a lot simpler than it used to be as well. Um, the key thing with mobile is it is the simplest switch of all, I think, because you can take your number with you. It costs nothing to switch. Um, I did it. Uh, about two weeks ago and um, uh, my new SIM was activated within about half an hour. So I probably had a half an hour of downtime. Pretty quick now. It was amazing. It was so quick. And just to give you an idea, I think it's really important to switch your mobile every year. The reason is because telco is a moving target, what I call a moving target. The plans, the data you get for, for the price changes so quickly that if you don't look at it every year, you end up on a really old, out of date plan and it's costing you way too much. So for example, a year ago, I took up a 12-month Optus mobile SIM-only plan. I was getting 30 gigabytes for $35. It was an amazing deal at the time. There was nothing I could find that was better than that. 30 gigabytes for $35 a month. Expired recently. I had a look at what else was out there and I've now switched to a plan giving me with a May SIM 45 gigabytes for $30 a month. So more data for less money And that's just the difference that a year makes in the telco market. And so that's why you need to have a look every now and then. You know, I was was doing a radio interview yesterday and somebody called in and said they realized they were paying $60 a month for three gigabytes of data because they'd had that deal for four or five years and it used to be a relatively fair deal. So they then moved and and they're now getting 60 gigabytes of data for $60. So it just shows how fast that market moves. 
and how much how you know how much better value you can get just by having a look at what's out there every year or so. Yeah, and I think another way people often get caught is if they do a um, where you get your phone on a contract for two years and they've got the plan included, and then that contract is run out. So you've paid off the phone, but you keep playing this expensive phone plan, even though there's much better ones available as well. Yes, and most of us don't know off the top of our head when that. 12 or 24 month contract ends. And so it goes on for months and months and months before we even think about it. You know, I think the smart thing is probably to put a note in your digital calendar, in your in your phone or on your email when you join up one of these things, just so that you do get a notification when you come off these these plans and realize that you're free to move around, you know. And it's um, you know, the beautiful thing about mobile, for example, is there's only three mobile networks in the entire country, and every carrier runs on one of those three networks. So you can get Optus coverage with a dozen different providers, sometimes much cheaper. You can get Telstra coverage with a dozen different providers, sometimes much cheaper. So there's no need to go with the big brands, you know, if you want to save some money. Yeah, and that's something I didn't realize to a few years ago that most of these phone companies are just white labeling um, and they've got the either Telstra or Optus underneath it. It's not all, um, it's not all these hundreds of different um, yeah, um, providers out there. Yes, I don't think most people are aware of that, but it's um yeah, it's one of those fun facts about the uh, about the telco industry. Mm, I think I only realised when I was in regional when there was only Optus phone lines near where I was living, and so you had to get someone that was providing an Optus phone line because Telstra just wasn't getting out to where I was. Yeah, and there are, and I think it's a different sort of um, it's a different equation for regional customers, for example, than it is to for uh, metropolitan customers. Obviously, if you live in the main capitals. You've got a choice between the three networks. All three of them work really well in most places. And so you really have a choice of the entire market of dozens of different carriers on those three networks. Obviously, if you're in regional areas, some people can only get the Optus network or can only get the Telstra network. And then you've, then you've got to look at, uh, at which providers are on those particular networks and narrow down your search to those. Mm, and I, I guess that's usually in the sort of the fine print at the bottom, which one they use, is it? Yeah, it is. I recommend people check out the Whistleout um, comparison website where you can actually search by network, for example, for a mobile plan. That's, that's I think, the most comprehensive comparison site for telco in the country. And it's certainly the one I use when I want to have a look at, uh, at what's out there and get a sense of where the market's at. Okay, awesome. Um, and so. What about entertainment costs? And that's something that's changed a lot in the last few years because, I mean, our digital watching habits are so different using Netflix rather than maybe Foxtel. But how can we save some money there? Yeah, there has been an absolute revelation in how we consume TV and movies over the last few years. And what that means is when that when change happens that fast, it does mean that there's a, there's a huge opportunity for some people to save sometimes, you know, over $700. If you've got an old... Foxtel pay TV subscription and you're paying about you know $150 a month, for example, which is what sometimes the, um, the full package with Foxtel used to cost, $150 a month, you can get most of the content that, you're, that you used to get or that you're still getting on that old-fashioned cable pay TV package. Most of it you can now get from streaming services, which are also owned by Foxtel. So you're actually getting, you're just sort of trading down from one technology to another with the same provider. Foxtel, for example, uh, has launched the KO Sports streaming service, um, which has most of the sport that's on Fox Sports, on, albeit on, a, on an internet streaming service. And um, they've also more recently launched a new drama 
streaming service called Foxtel Binge, which has a lot of the really popular HBO and, and big sort of um, TV series that, are, that have made Foxtel so popular over the years. So those two streaming services, if you take up both of them, for example, would cost you a fraction of what traditional Foxtel costs. It'll, I think KO is about $25 a month and, um, and Binge, depending on what package you take, is around sort of $15, 10 to $15 a month. So add them together and it's $40 a month, which is a lot less than $150 a month, which is what some people are still paying for their traditional Foxtel cable TV packages. So there's some serious savings there if you haven't taken advantage of that yet. Mm, I'm amazed at what people used to pay for Foxtel. I, I mean, for someone who's just, I've gone, I went from free to air TV straight to Netflix when it sort of started. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm amazed at what people used to pay for that entertainment. Yeah, well, that's the benefit of a, of a monopoly, isn't it, really? There was no competition in the cable TV space for a long time. In the early days, there there, there was a bit. There was Optus Vision and uh, OzStar, but, but in more recent times, it's been Foxtel or nothing, really. And obviously, most people, I think the most the main reason people subscribe to Foxtel has been the, uh, the sport. Yeah, it's their biggest draw card, but you no longer need to get that the old-fashioned way because of these new streaming services that are available. And also there are, you know, for example, the NRL and the A-League and the AFL all have apps which allow you to watch all their games on smaller devices, um, phones and tablets. And those apps, you can either subscribe to them for about a dollar, um, couple of dollars a week, or you can get them for free if you're a Telstra customer because they have a deal with Telstra. So there are other ways to watch that content as well, which is even cheaper than the streaming services if you're happy to watch it on a small screen. Yeah, I think sometimes the risk now, because there's so many different streaming services available, is that you sign up to six or seven and you don't re- quite realise how much you're paying every month. You've gone from, oh, Netflix is okay, around $10, that's that's fine as a monthly cost, but then suddenly you're signing up to multiple and actually the costs start to really compound. That's exactly right. That's the new challenge now is to just keep your streaming costs under control. There are more than 20 streaming services now in Australia, a thousand new shows every year coming down the streaming services. And as you say, individually, they're all relatively cheap. But if you just uh, subscribe to a whole bunch of them and then don't cancel or pause any of the um, of the other, other subscriptions you've got, you could end up before long. I think there's some research that says the average home in Australia now has four different streaming services. And I think that includes the music streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music. But look, if the average is four, then there's a lot that have six or seven and that can start to add up over time. So you, you need to keep an eye on that. The business model of these streaming services is a subscription business model. That means their goal is to get you in the door with a free trial or whatever and then get your bank account details and hope that you don't... Um, that you don't cancel uh, at the end of the free trial. So one thing I advise people to do is take all the free trials, but realize that you can turn streaming services on or off like a TV and you can always come back to them later on. So, you know, subscribe to Netflix, take um, uh, the first month or so or two months, binge all the best stuff on Netflix that you really want to watch and then maybe subscribe to Amazon Prime after that and turn Netflix off, cancel it for a couple of months while you're not using it, binge the best stuff on Amazon Prime and then move on to it. So people call this stream hopping. There's a, there's a community of people online who do it, um, watch all their favorite shows for as little as possible by effectively just watching one service at a time and working your way through the best of uh, each one. 
one at a time. Mm, yeah, I had to set myself a personal rule that I was only allowed to be subscribed to one at a time because you just cannot watch all the content and it just adds up too quickly and you can just get stuck paying for so many that you can forget about so easily. Yes, it's very easy to do. <laughs> it's a very modern conundrum, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably uh, it's probably become a much bigger problem, I think, during COVID because there hasn't been that much to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a bit like, I, I suppose a lot of people probably have the same issue with um, food delivery services. That's a whole new line in the household budget that we never spent a lot of money on before. But And particularly this year during COVID, I'm sure people are spending even more on that as well. So there's always new ways to spend money, isn't there? And it's just a matter of making sure that we don't fall in the trap of, uh, you know, of just spending money on things that we're not getting value from. You know, I talk about with subscription services, whether it's streaming services or any other kind of subscription, there are vampire subscriptions and there are angel subscriptions. And the angels are the ones that save you money because you use that all the time, you get value out of it, and uh, obviously it's um, worthwhile. The vampire subscriptions are the ones that just suck the money out of your account every month, but you don't get any value out of it. And you've just got to make sure you identify which ones are the vampires and drive a stake through their heart. Mm, I mean, subscriptions just can get so costly if you don't realize what you're paying for. I think especially with the um, how you can just subscribe to in-app subscriptions via Apple. That's That's been a big trick that's sort of caught me out a few times and I haven't even realized I've subscribed to things because it's just it just sort of uses your fingerprint or your face and suddenly you're subscribed. Yeah, it's all too easy, isn't it? Which is um, sometimes a good thing, but not always. And anyone who's got, who's got uh, young kids, I think, has, um, has uh, experienced that as well. Is that it's sometimes it's far too easy to, subs- to spend money and subscribe to things via uh, via Apple and other, you know, digital means. Mm, awesome. So let's talk about something a bit more meaty and um, there's probably a lot to it. So we'll just maybe stick to a couple of your best tips. But what about insurance costs? Sure. Okay. So I think, uh, you know, I think people are a little bit um, afraid to shop around for insurance uh, and, and they needn't be. I think it's a lot harder than it needs to be because the insurance industry is one of those that has resisted online comparison. So you won't find anywhere in Australia uh, a comparison website that gives you um, price comparison of, diff- of, a, of the whole range of different insurers all in one place. You can do that with energy, you can do it with telco. Um, insurance, it's a bit harder. You've got to go from website to website and get different quotes. Now, that, that obviously is a challenge if you're a consumer. So what I say is, you know, don't feel you have to go out there and compare every different insurer. Just make sure when you get your, your renewal each year, you don't just automatically pay it. Get another quote, get a couple of other quotes if you've got time, just to make sure that, uh, just to do a sense check, I suppose, on whether you're getting good value for money with your insurer, because there's a lot of overpriced insurance out there. It always seems to go up every year, 5 or 10 or even 15% sometimes. Uh, and it's pretty hard to justify those increases. And I think especially this year when a lot of us have driven a lot less than we have in past years, why isn't our car insurance cheaper? It should be. So this year of all years, I think, is, is a good time if you've been driving a lot less to contact your car insurer and say, you know, I've driven a lot less. Usually you have to give an estimate of how much you'll drive when you, um, when you get a quote on insurance and that's, and that's factored into your premium. Um, so let them know that you're driving a lot less. Let them know you want to change that estimate and see if they'll cut your your premium as a result. Some of them have drive less, pay less as a feature on their policies as well. So you might now qualify for that, whereas in the past you didn't. So that's a kind of 2020 specific savings trick. But 
bigger picture with insurance, I think the thing is just to make sure that you have a look around every year when your renewal comes in. And one way you can you can sort of check the value you're getting or mystery shop, as I say, your provider, is to actually go to your own provider's website, put your details in as if you're a new customer, and just see what they're charging a new customer compared to what they're charging you. Because there's some research that suggests that insurance companies charge loyal customers a lot more than they do new customers uh, and that effectively they, they sort of punish you for your loyalty rather than rewarding you for your loyalty, which is, which is just wrong. And often if you put them on the spot and you say, I just went to your website as a new customer, you know, you might actually have to put your neighbor's address in, for example, so they don't recognize you when you do when you do this exercise. Um, but if you bring them up and say, look, I just went to your website got a quote as a new customer, it's coming 20% or 25% less than my premium. How does that make sense? You know, I've been with you for X number of years. I've stayed loyal. I should be rewarded for my loyalty. It's not fair that you're giving new customers better pricing than you're giving me. They will usually find a way to play ball and uh, you can sometimes get a result that way. Mm. And that happens so often that brands will give the best deals to all to the new customers and you're not rewarded for your loyalty at all. It's very, very common. You know, it's it's what inside businesses they call a front book, back book pricing strategy. And the front book is the new customers who get the uh, bottom dollar deals. And the back book is the older customers whose uh, prices have been gradually ratcheted up year after year after year. And some big sophisticated businesses have teams of actuaries whose job it is just to work out how much they can ratchet up your price before you'll notice and leave. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the level of sophistication we're talking about. So you need to understand that. And, uh, and when you do understand the front book, back book strategy that a lot of businesses use, and it's really common in energy and insurance and a whole range of different uh, industries, um, you can kind of use it to your advantage, actually. You can either call them on it, as I said, ring them up and say, Please explain, or you can do what uh, what I what I call in my book the Elizabeth Taylor trick, which is move regularly and effectively take honeymoon deal after honeymoon deal after honeymoon deal, and always get the benefit of the new customer pricing. So that's an option as well. Not so much in financial products; you wouldn't want to be making a, a new credit card application every year because that could make your credit score look a bit shabby, for example. But in energy, for example, there's nothing to lose from switching every year to the cheapest offer on the market or one of the cheapest offers on the market. And uh, it's really quite seamless and the same with mobile. Mm, yeah, and it's yeah quite a few things that really the best thing is to just switch every year. It might take you an hour or two of your time, but it's going to save you a hundred or two every year as you do it. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't even, I mean, in, in the case of energy or mobile, some of those simpler ones, it shouldn't even take you an hour really. Once you, once you know how to do it, once you've once you've mastered, it's like riding a bike, really. Once you've, once you've worked out the shortcuts and the, and the simplest way to do it, you can just do it over and over and over again and uh, you get better and better at it. Mm. So how do you actually keep an eye out for good deals and remember to actually keep reviewing this on a regular basis? There's a few different ways. I mean, obviously, I do it as part of my job. So I'm constantly looking at uh, the places where I know I can compare energy deals or compare telco deals and other, and other pricing. But I think one way that well, yeah, there's there's one method people use is the annual kind of bill, what I call the once a year annual bill kill, where you sort of put aside an afternoon. You say, okay, I'm going to work through maybe half a dozen of my main household bills. I'm going to do them all at once and uh, see how much I can save in an afternoon. And in the back of the book, for for the purposes of that, people who just want to spend a few hours once a year 
I've actually boiled down uh, into sort of 24 steps, what I call the half a dozen bill kill, where you go through your telco bills, your energy bills, your insurance bills, and, um, and see what you can save all in one whack. The other way is just to deal with them, you know, on an annual basis uh, when your renewal comes in, for example. So when just say when my home and car insurance renewal slip comes in each year, I'm going to spend half an hour having a look at what else is out there um, and, and do the same thing with your energy bill and your telco bills once a year. Put it in the diary, set it in stone, and, uh, and as long as you know where to look, um, it's a relatively painless process. Mm. And what what are some of those sites that you can actually compare? I'm, I know you mentioned one big switch before, but are there any other really good sites to have a look at? Yeah, there are. Look, I think, as I said, the energy um, government-based comparison websites for energy are now very, very good. Um, there's, a, there's a national one which covers most states called Energy Made Easy. There's a Victorian state-specific one called um, Victorian Energy Compare. And there's a, there's a state-specific one in New South Wales too called um, uh, New South Wales Energy Switch. It's part of the Service New South Wales website. So they're a great place to start for on-market energy deals. As I said, there are a few off-market deals that are available to particular clubs or groups of people like, like One Big Switch where I work. But um, either of those places is a great, great place to start. When it comes to telco, uh, I think, as I say, Whistle Out is, a, is, a, is a by far the best and most comprehensive comparison website in Australia for mobile and NBN. And uh, unfortunately, there's nothing like that yet for uh, you know streaming services, uh, although there are relatively frequent special deals, free trials and stuff that come out from the streaming services. So there's nothing that pulls all that into one place at the moment. And insurance also is hard to look at all in one place. So with insurance, it's more about just making sure your provider is giving you their best price and maybe getting one or two other quotes um, from some of the more price competitive um, providers just to get a sense check of um, whether you're getting good value once a year. Mm, absolutely. And I think sometimes the best for some things like um, even meal delivery, one of the best strategies, it can be just cancelling the service. And then a month later, they send you a, a voucher for 50% off if you come back. So I've used that a couple of times as well. Yes, exactly right. I've had that from streaming services as well, actually, trying to lure me back after I've cancelled them for a month or two. And that's uh, that's actually a really common strategy by businesses as well. I mean, a lot of energy switches, people who go to switch their energy um, provider, often find that they're then called by their old provider and made an offer they can't refuse and they end up staying. So there's there's more than one way to save. Sometimes you save by switching. Other times, because you're prepared to switch, you become, you know, uh, you, you get the best, the, the sort of rolled gold treatment from your old provider, which you didn't, didn't receive before. They become desperate to keep you. And then they sort of, um, the retention team, as they're called, calls you up and uh, makes you an amazing offer to stay. So, look, a win's a win, whichever way you come about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what are some of the strategies you have for negotiating with banks and large providers for better deals? Because sometimes it can be a little bit daunting calling them up, especially if you're an existing customer and you want to continue with them. You don't want to, th- them to say, well, you can just leave. But how? what are some strategies to talk to them and try and see if there's something better available? Yeah, sure. I mean, I- I, often people ask, you know, how do you how do you become a good negotiator? And, and I say to them, it's not. Some people obviously are born negotiators, and some people are not. Some of us find this stuff very hard. Others love it. 
um, and, and I understand that. But, um, but it is something that people can learn. It's a skill that people can learn because the essence of good negotiation is leverage. Um, and whether you're a confident negotiator or not, as long as you've got leverage, then you've got a good chance of getting a really good result. And what I, what I mean by that is particularly, let's say you're going to call up your bank um, and ask for a better home loan rate, okay? That's probably the biggest possible saving in the household budget because mortgages are, you know, if you shave half a, half a 50 basis points off your mortgage or 100 basis points off your mortgage, you can save you thousands of dollars, not just hundreds. So what you need to do before you make that phone call is have a look at what some of the cheapest deals are on the market right now sort of benchmark what's out there. And again, that's really easy to do now thanks to comparison websites. You know, there's a whole bunch of them that compare mortgages. You've got Canstar, you've got Finder, you've got Rate City, um, to, to name just a few. Uh, and if you have a quick look at those, you'll see, for example, at the moment, there are at least four providers right now offering mortgage interest rates below 2%. And that's never been seen before. That's the first time we've ever seen mortgage interest rates that low. Just a handful of providers under 2% at the moment, but really a few weeks ago, there was only one. Now there's four and maybe six or 12 before long. And even the big banks at the moment, with their fixed rates since the pandemic hit, they've dropped their fixed rates right down to below 2.5% and their variable rates are below 3%. Now that is really, really cheap money as far as you know, mortgage interest rates go. And I know a lot of people are having trouble paying their um, mortgages at the moment for obvious reasons, but the rates for those who can afford to pay have never been so low. Now, if you know that before you call up your bank, you've got a much better chance of getting them to lower your rate because you can name those four providers who are currently offering rates below 2%. You can name what, you know, maybe you can tell them what you know uh, that the low fixed rates are from the big four banks at the moment. You might mention an HSBC, for example, a big multinational bank that's got some very low rates at the moment and just enough information to show that you know what you're talking about and that will um, uh, that will give you a lot more power at the negotiating table than if you just ring up or don't ring up at all <laughs> or ring up and say, am I on your best deal? Yeah, so doing a little bit of research before you call them up. It, it really gives you a lot more power. Um, yeah, I, I think I talked a bit before about um, the David and Goliath uh, analogy. You, you are definitely David. The bank is Goliath in this kind of conversation. But you know, in the in the in the Bible, the biblical tale, David wins, doesn't he? Because David David has a slingshot, um, and uh, and and you know lands a well directed shot on Goliath with a slingshot. And really, I th- I think the internet, and this is one of the insider tricks that I describe in my book. I call it David's slingshot, and it's all about the power of the internet to level the playing field between consumers and big businesses. And the internet and that information we can get relatively easily about um, about home loan interest rates, you know, what's cheapest right now today, that is our slingshot. We are David and these big banks are Goliath, but, you know, sometimes David can beat Goliath. It's not, it's not unheard of. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Joel, before we wrap up, I wanted to know if you could share some of your ultimate money-saving hacks. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we've obviously mentioned a few in this um, conversation. But look, I think the one thing I would leave people with, and the most important thing, I think, it's the number one insider trick in my book. And I call it the De Niro after Robert De Niro. And it's because in one of my favorite films, which is called Heat from 1995, De Niro plays a bank robber called Neil McCauley. And the, the famous line from the movie is, 
uh, never get to never get attached to anything that you're not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat coming around the corner. And that's his motto um, in life. And it becomes a kind of theme for the entire film. Now, I think that's the attitude you need to take to your household bills is just be ruthlessly disloyal and always be prepared to move when you see a better deal. Because if you are always prepared to move for a better deal, what that does is it actually puts you into a different class of customer for businesses, which they call the price chaser. And they talk behind closed doors about price chasers. And they also talk about sleeping beauties. And a sleeping beauty customer is someone who never asks for a better deal and you know, peacefully dozes away, um, paying, paying top dollar and effectively cross-subsidizing the really good deals for the price chasers who are constantly asking for the best price and the best deal. So be a price chaser, be prepared to move. Sometimes, as I said, you don't even need to move because they'll, they'll fight hard to keep you once they know that you're in that price chaser category. But you've got to be in that category if you want to get the best deals. And if you get the best deals over and over and over again, then it will save you thousands of dollars over time. Mm, and that's the thing. If you're not keeping an eye on it, you often end up subsidizing it for the people that are chasing the best price. And that's probably something to keep in mind as well when you go about um, trying to find better deals. Exactly right. Yeah. You can either you can either fund the best deals or, or or get the benefit of the best deals, and I know which side of that I'd rather be on. <laughs> awesome. Well, you've provided us with so many tips today, Joel. So I hope people have got a lot out of this conversation. If people want to learn a bit more about you and uh, your book and One Big Switch, where should they go? Oh, sure. Well, look, the the book is at uh, killbillsbook.com.au If you want to see a summary of the book uh, at the Booktopia website. Um, I write a regular column each week in the nine newspapers, the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age on Wednesdays. So you can always take a look at those columns. And I'm on Today's Show most weeks as well. And at onebigswitch.com.au, if you want to have a look at the, the special deals we've negotiated for the 1 million plus One Big Switch members. Awesome. Well, I'll include all of that in the show notes so people can find out a little bit more. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing all your tips and tricks, Joel. Not at all. Thanks for having me, Kate. It's been, uh, it's been, been really good fun. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you, Joel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the How To Money Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send any questions our way via www.howtomoney.online. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus, and we'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the How To Money Podcast.